1: One thing we're thankful for this year is our warm, happy home. And the fact that we can bundle our policies with GEICO. Yes. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home, like making the turkey, gravy, stuffing, cranberries, and trying not to talk
0: politics at the dinner table. True. So give thanks and go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save.
1: It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com to Today That's Geico.com. Do it. Jake, we have put ourselves in some scary situations in the past, have we not?
0: Yeah, a ton. What is your top scariest spot we've been to? Uh, I think it was that, like, old military base where we climbed oh, all man. the way down the stairs into, like, where they kept, like the, the this bunker was, yeah, yeah like, the bunker that place was spooky
1: but uh our next guest here you know is gonna give us some even scarier stories so welcome to sus share your scare where we talk to different people hear their stories of survival the paranormal and all things sus i'm your host brendan taylor this is my brother jake what's up and today we have on a psychic median and paranormal investigator chris moon what's up chris
2: Hey guys, what's going on?
1: Thank you for being on the podcast, man. It's it's truly an honor, and we're chilling. We're chilling. Awesome. Where are you from?
2: Currently, I'm in uh, South Texas. I live in Brownsville, Texas, right on the Mexican border.
1: Nice. And you know, I I gotta ask, like, when did you when did you develop these skills of being a psychic and median?
2: You know, as far as uh, developing the skills, I don't know. You know, I, I had my first experience when I was seven years old. Seven. And uh, I actually woke up to a, a little boy at the end of my bed. When I no moved way. into a new house. Yeah. And that, that kind of started everything for me. So, you know, for a while there, I just thought I was a weird kid. And uh, over time, you know, it just became more natural. And I started communicating with these things and became an amateur paranormal investigator, probably around age seven. So, um, it's it's been a while. It's that, been a while. That's crazy. So you said you saw a boy at
1: the edge of your feet. I've want i I've always asked people who have seen go straight up like that, what does it look like? Does it literally look like a human being standing there or what?
2: Yeah, um, each one's different. Uh, when it came to that one, you know, essentially it looked like uh, more of a mist at first and then it kind of formed up into the shadow of this little boy. Wow.
1: And was it like prominent enough where you could see features or...?
2: Yeah, I mean, the room was completely dark, but, you know, the, the light that was coming in, uh, you could definitely see uh, at least the silhouette, if anything.
0: Right. Did you ever do research to find out who that little boy was?
2: Actually, I did. Um, the, the land that we were living on at the time was a rapho Indian Burial Ground. Oh. And, yeah, we, uh, we kind of concluded over the years that it was probably, you know, one of, one of them who had come back and, and was just trying to play with me and, and uh, interact. And, you know, the thing that we found is that Basically, spirits see an energy around people and mediums have this specific aura color and they reach out to them whether they want to be contacted or not. They, they will reach out and try to talk to them. So um, that's been something that's been pretty common through most of my life.
1: And how is it being a seven year old and seeing a ghost? Like, do you believe what you see or like what what's what's going through your head at that time?
2: Well, at that point, it was absolutely terrifying, Uh, (laughs) you know, Um, I'd never had a ghost experience in my life. And then on top of it, my father was a devout Catholic skeptic. Mm. So, you know, the only ghost was the Holy Ghost kind of thing. Right. And uh, so, you know, to to me, I really didn't have a lot of backup, even though my mom is is a psychic medium at that time. She kind of kept it in the the proverbial closet. So um, I was I was on my own really for a little while there.
1: That's, that's insane. So now you've been, you know, you're seven years old, you just saw your first ghost. Now you're interested in ghosts, right? That's where your interest peaked.
2: Yeah, that was the beginning of all of it. And, you know, we had things that happened and we had a piano that played itself. We had doors that opened and closed on their own. Um, it, there was activity all the time. So
1: what, so was it this, the hauntings mainly coming from being on the burial ground or was it something else in that house? Or do you think it was yourself Or maybe it was following you?
2: Yeah, exactly. That, that's what kind of I, I picked up on over time is that I think that, yeah, it was definitely spirits from, from that land, at least it started this thing out. But I think when you have abilities, uh, yeah. you kind of draw everybody in. It's like, you know, you, you draw the crowd in over time. So I, I think that being a psychic there, and again, my mom, who was kind of a closet psychic at that point, um, both of us being in there, it, it brought, them, brought them close.
1: That's interesting. Where did, where did it go next? Where did it take you, this, this interest in Paranormal?
2: Well, you know, for a long time, I tried to kind of squash it because I didn't want to be the weird kid. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, eventually I was a musician and I played in bands for years and years and I toured and I I would go investigate while I was out on tour and things like that. So um, that's really the time that I, I got into investigation as was on the road. Um, and kind of accepting that this is something that that I wanted to do and learn more about. And then I opened up uh, a couple of magazines. I opened up one magazine called Ghost Hunter right before the TV show came out. Uh, <laughs> Ghost Hunters. Yeah, I remember And that then I opened up Haunted Times magazine, which was a print magazine. And at that point, the the world just opened up to me, and I had the opportunity to work with you know about just about anybody in the field.
1: And when you were like really like interested in it, wasn't it more for for maybe helping people get through a hardship? Or was it more because, you know, you needed to kind of prove to yourself that these are real? Or did you like fully believe in them at that point already?
2: Well, you know, it was either that I was completely insane or it was really happening. It was one of those kind of things. So um, I think my motivation early on was to prove to my father that these things were legitimately Mm. happening because he was just so closed off to it. And once I accomplished that goal um, and he was completely switched the other way, I was going, ah, what do I do with it now? And it, it evolved, you know. I, I really wanted to find out how to help spirits, to learn more about them. Where do we go from here? And you know, then eventually that led into actually help, helping families and, and business owners and things like that.
1: What's it like when you're doing? Uh, I don't know if you call them seances or whatever it's called when you're communicating with someone's loved one. What's that like?
2: Well, it's it, it is interesting, and everybody has a different way of doing it. That's a medium, you know. With me. Um, I was the very first person to ever use a ghost box in the field, um, the Frank's box. Uh, Frank Sumption actually gave me one of these things, and, and I took it out in the field not thinking it would even work, and then boom, it, you know, the rest is history, and now everybody has some kind of ghost box boxes out there.
1: What, what is a ghost box exactly, just for people that don't uh, understand?
2: Yeah, essentially what it is, uh, they're all different, but uh, it's a a device that will actually pick up on different frequencies and waves and use the fragments to create a spirit voice. So um, as it said, spirits are able to take all of that energy and manipulate it to communicate. And when you're a medium uh, and you're able to to use this device, you can actually breathe through people's loved ones, their actual voices from the other side. It's pretty amazing. So, you know, for me, it's it's a little bit different um, than trying to say, you know, I think your grandpa's here and he wants to tell you something I can bring through the grandfather and then have him say it in his own voice.
0: That's wow. Insane. And would that be like real time hearing that or do you have to like slow it down and replay it? kind right. of thing?
2: It is real time. Boom. No. It just happens right there.
0: That's so, crazy.
1: So can that family like respond and like have a basically a conversation with a, with a dead like a deceased member?
2: But yeah, I've literally had hundreds of thousands of these wow. communications now um, where people will just sit down for, you know, 20 minutes and talk back and forth with a loved one. Or, you know, if I'm speaking on a college campus somewhere or something like that, a student, you know, who lost a grandparent or aunt or uncle or something, the relative will come through in the middle of a ghost time and, and talk to them and it becomes really emotional.
1: That's absolutely insane. What's stopping the normal general public from all owning a ghost box and just communicating with the deceased all the time then?
2: Well, that's kind of the crazy thing about it is, you know, it used to just be me who had this thing with Frank Sumption. um, And over time, people started to kind of build their own versions of these devices. And now literally anybody can go buy one. Um, And there's a lot of people who use these ghost boxes, not just for for, uh, investigations, but also to try to have personal communications, you know, with varying degrees of success.
1: And I know how, like, when you're playing the Ouija board or something like that, there is a uh, spirit on the Ouija board, a demon of the Ouija board, uh, essentially called Zozo. Is there something like that that could happen while using this ghost box?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's the good and the bad to, to both sides. You know, that's, I, I actually have a team, it's crazy as it's, I know it sounds nuts when I say this, but I actually have a team on the other side of of what I call spirit technicians. Yeah, um, It's kind of like spirit guides who are over there, and, and essentially I work with them, to know who I'm communicating with and they'll kind of keep me in the light. Um, but you know, from time to time something will slip through and we get some pretty dark stuff that'll come in and that's when we have to shut down. And if we refuse to shut it down, they'll just shut down the device. They'll drain the battery or actually flip the switch and turn it off.
1: That is crazy. So how did you get in in touch with your spiritual guides? Because I'm very spiritual. I'm very much into meditation and trying to uh, increase my intuition and whatnot. How would you say like maybe is a good way for someone or myself to get in touch with maybe my spirit guides or more in tune with it?
2: There's there's different ways to do it. Um, if you're trying to reach out just to your guides, you know meditation is an amazing way uh, to try to to communicate with them. Uh, it's a pure communication. But a lot of people don't know that you can use standard electronic voice phenomena to speak to your guides as well. Uh, people think that you can only speak to ghosts or you know other things like that through through uh, EVP. But your guides will talk to you just as easily through that.
1: I want to know more about this box. What has this box done for you besides, you know, maybe helping you close some family problems with other people who have lost someone? What else has it done? Like, tell me.
2: There's a million stories I can go to. I actually wrote a book about it with my mom um, because we we finally had to just put it out on paper. Um, But uh, everything from going to uh, the site where JFK was killed and communicating with him and having him come through – um, you know, ending up in, uh, speakeasies, you have no idea where you are. And then having Frank Capone come through and give you, uh, accounts of murders that took place in a building, uh, you know, uh, there, there's just a million different things that happened. I was actually, uh, had an experience with Andrew Borden at the Lizzie Borden house, uh, that, that just blew my mind.
1: Is it possible that these things, these entities that are talking to you could be lying about who they are, or is it something like that's their voice, that's them?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's always that chance that you take. You, you mentioned the, the Ouija board before. Yeah. That's just one of the worst possible ways to communicate with spirits because it's just this wide open door. And you're really hoping that whoever is over there is really who they say they are. Right. Um, with, with the ghost box, you, know, you actually do hear voices come through that you recognize specifically. And you know, I, I've had a lot of people from religious standpoints and things say, it's demons, there's demons coming through, pretending to be people. Um, but the thing that I found out is, is that these these entities are passing on these positive messages and love and, and happiness. It's, it's nothing terrible. It's not telling people to go hurt themselves or hurt other people. It's just, you know, people who are trying to find closure or spirits that are just reaching out because they need help crossing over. Um, we did a, a Facebook Live in Gettysburg recently where we literally crossed over 100 spirits of soldiers who, who had not gone off to the other side yet. And, and you could hear them all talking as they, they crossed through.
1: Wow. And what, what are the types of things that they're saying? Like, were they talking about the war or was it just more normal things?
2: It was, it was more normal, but you know, when we were trying to communicate, we first tried to approach them just as you would approach anybody else. And they really weren't responding to us. And then we actually kind of took on like a military commander tone and said, you need to listen. It's time to leave your post. It's time to let down. And we said all these different things that assured them that it was okay to go and when they started releasing you know you could hear their families on the other side uh crying wow. children all sorts of different things that have been waiting for them all these years over there it was just it was a beautiful experience
1: that is so insane like i mean these are things that you know no one knows so like when you're giving me this info and stuff it's just like it's it kind of gets you like not excited because that's an awful word to use, but like, it makes me think that there's more than when, when you just die, you know, Yeah. Like, my mouth is literally like
0: open right now. Yeah. I didn't even
2: know what to say. It, it is pretty amazing. You know, when you open yourself up to this and, and just look at the possibilities that are out there, you know, I've, I've had people come to my events that are just hardcore skeptics. I mean, they don't believe in anything. And by the time that they leave, they've experienced so much in that, you know, couple of hours that they've been there. They they won't leave me alone because their box has been broken. They they basically are like, what do I do now? There's a whole new reality out there. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's got me thinking about everything that I ever thought of. Now it's like, what also stops you from, you know, taking this ghost box, you know, help, going to estranged murder scenes and helping solve these crimes?
2: I actually have done that. Um, I've worked on the Lizzie Borden case. I worked on the Lumber Baron Inn case in Denver, Colorado. Um, I've worked in a lot of these things and, and tried to help uh, bring information forward.
1: And do people take that lightly, like when you're, you're bringing information that they couldn't do searching for evidence?
2: Well, you know, it depends on the person, right? <laughs> so right. Some have nothing to do with you whatsoever. But uh, I, in Denver, I, I actually was able to put enough information out through the media of what I was doing that, uh, the Denver police department actually showed up to find out if there was really anything to it. They thought that I was, you know, some scam artist or something like that. And when they got there and actually started hearing things and seeing things for themselves, it eventually, uh, led to a cold case being opened after 30 years.
1: Wow. And and whatever happened with that case?
2: Uh, it's still open. It's still open right now. We actually, uh, provided all the information that we possibly could to them. And, uh, it looks like, uh, you know, it may may lead to the uh, conviction, hopefully.
1: Yeah, man, that's, that's awesome that that can do that. Do you think that, you know, it's ever a bad thing for you to be communicating with the paranormal as much as you do? You know, I, I
2: don't really think it's a bad thing. I think everybody kind of has their calling in life, uh-huh. and this is definitely mine. Um, so I, I'm usually put in the places that I'm supposed to be. Uh, and it's funny if I try to go do anything else in the world, I end up right back here uh, it's <laughs> It's hard for me to get away from it so I think you know call it divine intervention or whatever the case might be but uh, i'm I'm right where I'm supposed to be
1: that's awesome and and then your your buddy, you said made that ghost box do you, are people can just buy them now or is it more of just like he made the first one and that's kind of it.
2: Frank created, I think about a hundred of them. Um, you know, I actually have the original one on display at uh, bloody Mary's museum in New Orleans right now, two, three of the originals actually. So it's kind of, you know, it's interesting to see it as this, this art piece, (laughs) the the way that they see it, but, uh, yeah, you know, people started kind of doing their take on the device. And, uh, like I said, if you're a paranormal investigator today, I think everybody has one of these things and, and takes it out into the field and tries to communicate. Yeah,
1: I think that's because Jake and I, we do enjoy to go out and, you know, do our occasional paranormal enthusiast things that we like to do. And I think one of those would be an awesome addition to our collection. Like We yeah. played the Ouija board, but I, I mean, I always felt kind of like what you said. It's not like the best route
0: of communicating. I'm always so spooked out to play that thing.
2: It's, it's so dangerous. It's just like literally this dark alley that any anything can be coming through. What's
0: the
1: darkest thing that you've ever communicated with?
2: Oh, we, we've had, you know, clean things that they claim to be, you know, Satan himself. coming Really? Through and,
1: and can you with us. can you elaborate on that little story?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there's been a lot of experiences. I think the, the worst ones that we used to have, there's a place in Denver, Colorado, called the Peabody Mansion. And uh, every investigation that I did there had the claim of Satan coming through to the point that uh, we actually were filming a documentary there back in 06. It was forever ago. And uh, the the producer uh, of the documentary was very religious. I didn't even know how religious he was. But the thing that I warned everybody about going into this place is I said, this is a dark demonic haunting. Do not bring any kind of religious, you know, Bibles or, or paper or anything in because, or symbols even, because it's going to infuriate what's inside there and we're going to find out. And uh, so little did I know he had actually, got in a little pocket Bible and oh, took it in man. because he was so scared to go into this location. And when we were doing one of the communications up on the second floor, uh, things started getting really intense. Uh, there was a levitation that actually happened later, Why? but, uh, you could tell that, that it was directed at him and it kept pushing directly at him. And eventually he said, I won't repeat exactly, but, it, uh, the voice that came through is a dark demonic voice. And it said, get that book out of here now. And he stood up and he left the communication at that point. And we had no idea why, but that's because he had the pocket Bible on him. Um, but they directed it exactly at him and he claimed to be the devil himself.
1: Wow. wow. And, and you all heard that like clear as day or was that oh, through the box? It was into the room.
2: It was, in it the was r- into the room.
1: So it wasn't even through the box.
2: Oh, no, it was through the box, but it was through the speakers. Oh, wow. And you, you could hear it come straight through. And it scared him wow. enough that he actually just took off outside of the house.
1: Wow. Were you able to get that spirit out of that place, or that demon, or whatever
2: happened? No. That location is so infested, I I don't think they're ever going to be able to get everything out of there. Um, it started with the murder of a, a young girl back in the late 1800s that's buried still in the basement there. And uh, I think that that place is just uh, permanently cursed, unfortunately.
1: Is that your biggest scare? Because if not, I'm going to ask you the question of what is your biggest scare. I could
2: literally list a thousand of them, but I'll tell you. The, the one that scared me the most. Yeah. Um, Lizzie Borden house. If you guys don't know, the Lizzie Borden murder that took uh-huh. place, the accident. I was at the Lizzie Borden house and at the Lizzie Borden house, I was actually choked by Andrew Borden, the father who was murdered inside the house. I was what? choked in the middle of the night. And when I woke up in the morning, I actually had rope burns all the way around my neck.
1: What did it feel like? What did, did it feel like an actual like person like with their hand around it did it feel like a rope around your neck?
2: Yeah. um, What it was is I I actually fell asleep in what would have been the closet to his room. It's now a room unto itself. And I'd fallen asleep and I woke up just gasping for air. And what it felt like was just a pressure that felt like it cut off my airway completely all the way around my neck uh, to the point that I I jumped out of the bed and was up against the wall trying to pull something off that wasn't even there. Oh, my God. So. It was it was very intense,
1: so when you woke up you you felt that the or you saw actual rope marks on you
2: yeah, when I woke up in the morning, it was actually my mom who was in the main room and she's the one who pointed to my neck and said what happened and, and pushed me towards the bathroom here wow. and that's when I saw I had these red rope burns all the way around my neck.
1: that is absolutely insane because I've always you know wondered can you have physical harm from a spirit or a de- demonic entity and I never knew the answer to that until right now, so it's Absolutely. If they can do that, then what's to say you're not in a haunted house and it picks up a knife and stabs you? Is that possible?
2: It's completely feasible. Yeah. Um, You know, the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas, I've investigated investigated that place a bunch of times. And I I don't think there's been a time that I've left there without a scratch or a burn or or something. Um, It's they have the ability to to attack you.
1: I'm honestly at a loss for words because I never really thought that through and now knowing it, I feel like it makes things a little bit more risky. Before going into a session, is there anything you do to protect yourself?
2: Yeah, for me, I, I go in, I ground um, and I make sure that my energy is pure um, so that when I go in and do the communication, it's very easy to open up without fear of you know something attaching to me. But, you know, there's, there's times you do go in and it doesn't matter. You, you will get something attached to you and you have to cleanse at that point. Use sage and actually kind of remove that energy from you.
1: I always hear sage clears your energy, but is that, is that truly 100% accurate like it does when, after you're in a session?
2: Yeah, white sage. Um, it's really important. And if you want to make it even better, you can use white sage first and then use sweetgrass. Oh. Burn sweetgrass back behind it and it'll purify the area around you.
1: And when you say it'll purify the energy around it, what, what's stopping you from doing that in these very haunted places and purifying that energy?
2: Well, you can go into a lot of different places and, and try to remove negativity from uh, those locations, uh-huh. but sometimes when you're dealing with something that's just so entrenched in a location, it's very, very difficult. And a lot of people um, will bring in exorcists. They'll bring in uh, people to cleanse space And a lot of the times, the way that they go about it, they actually anger the energies in there more than they they help. So uh, it it just depends. Some, Some of them are really kind of stuck, though.
1: You need to find the perfect gift this season, and Lids has them. Whether you're looking for officially licensed sports gears or iconic brands like Nike, Adidas, and Champion, Lids is the largest retailer of hats in North America. Jake, do you remember when you were in high school and you had a crush on that one chick? I forgot her name. It was like, yeah. what was her name? I don't. It, was, it doesn't matter her name. But you remember, my brother guys pretended to like sports. Like we're not really sports guys. Don't get us no, wrong. No, no, no.
0: I played soccer. That's about Yeah, it. we
1: played soccer. We never liked watching him really. Like we weren't sports guys, and he full on learned everything he needed to learn about the Dodgers. He went to Lids, grabbed a Dodgers hat, posed up in this thing literally for weeks straight at school before he finally asked her out. And what happened? I got it. Yes. Sir!
2: <laughs> oh!
1: So it ends up working out for the best. Listen, visit any Lids store and an associate will help you find the perfect cap for anyone on your holiday gift list. Lids is the leader in headwear, including all the authentic MLB on-field caps, NFL sideline caps, and knits, plus a huge variety of fashion styles, colorways, and Lids exclusives.
0: All right, go visit blog.lids.com sus to get a 25% off discount on your next in-store purchase.
1: Ooh, 25%? Yes. That's big money. Go, guys. Visit slash sus for 25% off. Woo! Do
0: it. When you go into these locations, are you reaching out to them and asking, like, hey, can I come document or come do research there? Or are they reaching out to you and asking you to come help because it's haunted?
2: As far as the people who own the location? Yeah,
0: on like the Sally House, for instance, because I, I saw that it's open for tours, but the places that me and Brennan have gone to, they've been like, what are they? They, they turn them into like hotels, hotels or so can like, inns. Or... Yeah, so we can spend the night. We've never actually gone to a place where like no one's actually allowed to go there. So we just I'm just wondering the process with all that.
2: Yeah, when I was, you know, younger and starting all this stuff out, nobody wanted to admit that they had a haunting and it was almost impossible to get into location. So I did a lot of begging and banging on doors and things like that. Um, and then as things became more popular, obviously, with all the TV shows and things that came out in the early 2000s, then a lot of people wanted to be haunted. So they mm. called us and wanted us to come out and do investigations. Um, the ones that I take most seriously are, are when families get in touch with me and they say, we really have a problem, we need help. Um, I put those on the top of the priority list. But, um, you know, there, there are some great places to go investigate. Um, one place I'll tell you right now that not a lot of people know about outside of Iowa, there's a place called the Mason House Inn in this little tiny micro town called Bentonsport, Iowa. And it's probably the most haunted place on the face of the earth. Um, but the energy there is all positive. Everything there is positively, And the spirits will actually interact with you. They'll
1: just talk to people, the spirits there?
2: Yeah, you literally go in and these spirits, you, you ask them, you say, Hey, can, I'd love to see something happen and that. I'd like to experience that. And all sorts of things will happen. You'll have a ghost cat jump on the bed. Uh, the water in the, the bathroom will turn on. Uh, somebody will slowly pull, pull the sheets down. You know, you'll wake up and, and the chandelier will be kind of swaying over the top of you, but there's always something interesting that happens. And, uh, we teach a lot of classes there. So we've been doing, I think four times a year there since 2005. And uh, I, I love going out there because it's just one of the coolest places on the face of the earth.
0: That sounds insane. Oh, yeah, I'm going to have to book that. <laughs> I feel
2: like since, I mean, social media and all the TV
0: shows and stuff, I feel like some of the places that we've been to or that we see on TV are kind of like swayed and made to seem more haunted because of right. like TV and stuff. Right. Do you, have you been to a place that you've seen like on TV or anything like that and then gone there and just been like, this place isn't haunted at all?
2: Yeah, there's been several. Um, You know, it's a lot of people, especially when things boomed a little bit. We talked about that. It's people can get a book deal. They can get a TV show. They can get something out of it. So they really want to push that that side of it. But there's been a lot of places they've called us out to. And I've walked in there and said, yeah, you know, there's energy around me, but I'm not picking up anything inside the halls. And then they want you to get out of there. Leave and never come back. Do
1: you ever feel that it's harder to communicate with these spirits when, like, you have a camera out or something like that, if you're trying to capture it?
2: Uh, For me, no. Um, But the way that I approach things and I always have is with respect, Mm -hmm. right? So when I go in there and I turn on my recorder or I turn on the box or whatever I do, the first thing I do is I tell them what I'm doing. Say, hey, my name is Chris. Um, I want you to understand I'm not here to harm you. I'm not here to send you away. I only want to learn about you, uh, both who you were then and who you are now. If you'd be willing to speak to us, we appreciate it. We understand this is your property. Thank you for letting us be here. Uh, my first question is, and then I start talking to them. And when you approach it from that level of, of respect, they usually will be uh, really open to talking to you right away.
1: So do you think there is like a thing where spirits know if there's a camera or is it mainly just the attitude you go in with it?
2: Uh yeah, I think it's mainly your attitude. Mm-hmm. Um and I do tell them too, I say, hey, you know, this thing I'm holding in my hand, it's gonna actually record your voice. This thing over here can actually capture your image. We'd love for you to show yourself. And, you know, most of the time they want to interact. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're communicating with spirits, uh, you just explain to them what the pieces of equipment are so that they know how to use them and, and what the results are gonna be. But it again, I think it's just your attitude that really matters. Do you ever
1: talk to a spirit that is like surprised that they can talk back to
2: you oh absolutely yeah some are just shocked that you're communicating um you you reach out to them and they they, say you can hear me you can really level of shock yeah absolutely
1: wow you know how there's those uh, what they're called residual hauntings something that does the same thing all the time and it's like it's just there have how how is that? Like it's basically like an imprint of history. They just won't rep- they won't talk to you, right? They'll just do that same thing over and over and over again.
2: Yeah, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren actually kind of tagged it as uh, stone recordings. So basically, um, the energy goes down into the earth and then it replays from time to time. But there's no intelligent haunting. All it is 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 that uh, you're actually seeing something that's happened in the past. Maybe it's, it's from a traumatic battle that took place or a murder, um, or it could just be somebody living out their daily routine over and over again to the point that it uh, just reported into the earth, wow. and then certain conditions bring it back out.
0: So if you were talking to a bunch of young people who are interested in the paranormal, what would you tell them? Would you give any dangers or anything that they should watch out for while getting into this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I always tell people, you know, if you're interested in this and and maybe it's a TV show that got you sparked, you know, something on social media, whatever the case might be, that that's cool. It's just the fact that, you know, you probably want to go back and study uh, what this is really all about. You know, kind of go back to the forefathers, like I mentioned, Ed Lorraine Warren and and people like that and see the progression, Um, because I feel like a lot of us who've been doing this for a long time, Um, kind of paved the way and put ourselves in certain dangers to find out how to do it, and not to do it. Um, But, uh, you you know, it's a good idea to load yourself up with a good amount of equipment. Start slow. Um, If you want to go out and do an investigation, find a a reputable team um, that have experienced people, because if you're going to go out and do this on your own, there's there's a good chance You can get hurt. And that's a serious thing.
1: I know when playing the Ouija board, there's certain things you don't usually are you know advised not to ask. Is there certain things that you should never ask while on a session or a paranormal investigation?
2: Well, (laughs) you know, again, don't be disrespectful. Uh That's number one. Um, Because anytime that you're disrespectful, you're opening yourself up for some really bad possibilities. Um, And, you know, the the other thing is, is that uh, you have to respect the energies that are out there. So Um, As far as one specific question, I I really like to avoid the when am I going to die, you know, uh, the the fortune telling questions that come out of it, because I think you can really bring in some dark stuff that way.
1: Do you think that the answers they give are, you know, real? Real? Yeah.
2: Well, you know, it it depends who you're talking to. Um, If you're just out there and you're doing an EVP session or if you're using a Ouija board or or anything along those lines, you never know. Uh if you're communicating through the ghost box or if you have a, a reputable medium there it's a little bit more reliable has
1: there ever been a time where you asked something that
2: you've regretted oh yeah what was that <laughs> uh well i had a situation i don't know if it was something that i, I really regretted asking but uh, i i didn't listen uh, to one of my guides we mm-hmm. were at this uh, hotel in, in uh, prescott arizona and uh we were i was leading a ghost hunt for an event and and, uh, started hearing these kids cry for help and i'm just i'm a sucker when it comes to kids and animals Mm -hmm. and i was trying to help these kids out and my technician kept telling me it's not who you think it is you're you're dealing with somebody else so eventually i I pushed and pushed and pushed they shut down the device on me and when i went back upstairs plugged in the machine i was mad and uh, when i plugged it back in and started asking questions i said you know why would you stop this why would you not help me you know get in touch with these kids and my technician came back and said, do you want to hear who you were dealing with? And I said, what do you mean? Really, you know, hear who you're dealing with? I said, yeah, absolutely. And this sound, it just came screaming through the box and it shook the speakers. And I realized at that point, you know, it, it wasn't my position to, to say what was, what was communicating with me or, or what wasn't. It was, it was them. And they said, you know, we see from the top of the mountain, you don't. So you have to listen to us
1: wow and um have have you ever been to like say what's that plantation that we went to we went to a myrtle plantation yes have you ever been there
2: yeah i filmed a documentary out of myrtles actually what was your Um, thoughts on the place oh it was crazy when we went out there um i had a lot of different things i I had a a girlfriend with me at the time who literally got oppressed she took on uh, the the spirit of a uh uh, one of these spirits that were there and started just acting absolutely insane. Really? And, so she was
1: possessed, like full-on?
2: Yeah, Full-blown, full yeah. She she was definitely under the duress of the spirit. Wow. And it, it was really scary. It, it's hard to explain. And then secondarily, I thought something that was really cool that happened there was, I don't know if you guys met Robbie while you were there. Um,
1: Maybe, I don't know. I'm not ringing yeah, but...
2: His, his family, his ancestors were actually slaves on that plantation. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sat out on the slave quarter porch and turned on the ghost box. And he started talking to his relatives through the ghost box. And you could actually see people, figures in the fields moving around.
0: That's, That's crazy.
1: crazy. We had our own little situations there that we captured. Like I was taking – we went downstairs and I was taking some pictures of like that – because we were in that one wing where um, – I think it was the guy that got shot. Someone died on the stairs. And anyways, there's that murder mirror that's downstairs with the piano. And uh, we, I remember mm. taking pictures in that mirror and I actually, I actually caught something, which I believe was a woman creeping like in the corner of the mirror. And I took like three photos. And as each of the photo progresses, you can see it slowly fade away until it's no longer there. And like when wow. I captured that, I was like, whoa, because like it clear as day looked like a face to me, to Jake. I put it in the video and it was like unintentional. Like we went down there just flashing away in the pitch dark. And that's what we caught.
2: That is very cool.
1: I talked to a psychic medium one time and she mentioned to me that, you know, when you drink alcohol, you kind of go out, your spirit goes out of your body and like these other kind of spirits that are like lingering around these bars and places get inside your body. Is this true?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, whenever you let down your defenses, drugs or alcohol, um, you're really kind of giving permission for spirits to, you know, use your energy. Um and that's, you know, good and bad spirits that are out there. So it, it can be dangerous, you know. Um I, I when I hold my events, a lot of the events that we have, you know, might have like a cash bar or something like that where mm-hmm. people are just there to have an experience. And the people who are usually drinking are the ones that uh, have the more severe interactions.
0: Wow, that's crazy. I feel like I mean, some of our stuff that we've done, we've like driven five hours in the middle of nowhere to go to a hotel and we always like grab some oh, grab beer. a beer or something and we're always relaxing and I feel like is that causing more spirits to come in or is it putting us more at danger that we're doing that?
2: Yeah. I mean, if you're just having a beer or two, I don't think you're in, in any trouble. It's usually it. the people who are, are drinking pretty heavily.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Getting blacked out drunk where it's Yeah, like, we don't do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so then I want to know, you know, using this ghost box, is, is anyone able to hear? You know, is anyone able to hear these voices or is it more because you're so in
2: yeah. You know, if people are, are using a ghost box, uh, whether it's theirs or they're listening to my sessions, um, they're going to hear, you know, the, the basic words that come through, but there's almost this, um, I don't know, psychic hearing that's yeah. in there. And it's hard to understand until you go back and listen to a recording of a, of a session. Um, because there's a lot of static going on and a lot of these noises that are in there. And I'm, not only hearing the conversation going on, but I'm actually getting visual images that I'll, I'll relay right then and there. And, you know, some people come up to me after a session and they'll say, yeah, you know, I heard a few things here and there, but I I didn't get all that. And I'll tell them, go back and listen to the recording and see what you get. And, you know, a week later I'll get this huge email about everything they broke down in the recording. Um, So it's just, it's, it's like a, a, an ability, you know, a musician who can, can listen to music and play it. It's, it's one of those kind of things.
1: That's, that's awesome to hear that you you can do this. Do, and do you like, you know, charge people to do that? Or if you're like helping them out, like by getting a spirit out of their house, is that like you get paid to do that? Or how does that work?
2: No, if if it's somebody calling us for an investigation who just needs help, we never charge for anything like that at all. Um, you know, we show up and try to help out the best we can for free. Um, you know, if they want to sit down and do, you know, one on one private session, then yeah, we, we definitely do charge for that. But uh, um, if it's somebody just in need, absolutely not.
1: Have you ever thought about going to, like, one of the famous spots, like the Perrone family home of The Conjuring um, or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I actually – I, I, I uh, know a couple of people who were involved with that, actually. And uh, now that they've opened it up for uh, public ghost hunts, I thought that might be kind of fun mm-hmm. or interesting to do. Um, I think one of the coolest things – because you guys are in California, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the coolest investigations I ever did um, was at the Sharon Tate murder site. Um, I went with the, the Hollywood ghost hunters up there and uh, that place was just absolutely crazy. We got facts from the, the murder that nobody ever knew, but we were actually communicating directly with the victims.
1: Really? Wow. What what did you get from that? That's, that's like incredibly honorable. I feel like in a way.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it was intense. Um, you know, Sharon Tate swore, and this is before Charles Manson died. She swore that she wouldn't move on to the other side until manson was dead himself and and now that he's passed uh, i'm sure that she's you know in full contact with him about what happened but i think the thing one of the communications that scared me the most about that was when uh folgers i think it was marianne folgers um came through and i could actually hear her screaming as she was being murdered and you could hear the replay of everything that happened and it was just it was horrific it was terrible.
1: So it was almost like you—you you could basically you were hearing what it sounded like in that moment.
2: Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. And um, as we're having these communications and talking back and forth with them upstairs, there was nobody up there. It sounded like a marching band going across the floor, wow. and there I was with. <laughs> it's funny because the Hollywood ghost hunters—you know—it's all the the horror movie actors. It's the guy who played Jason, the guy who played you know uh, the Leatherface and all these different horror movie guys. That formed this ghost hunting group. And uh, they're running upstairs to go see what this noise is up there. And they're standing there and they could, they said that they could hear all the same noises, but there was absolutely nothing in the room.
0: Yeah, it gives me a chill.
1: Yeah, major chills. Wow. So, like, did you help? Like, what information did you get from that case that, that they didn't have before?
2: You know, most of the things that came through was just actually hearing what would almost be like a recording of everything that happened. Wow. And the torture that went on, I, I don't think anybody even understood how, how much happened in that short amount of time during that murder. It was just, it was gruesome and horrific, and, and uh, they really wanted all the victims to suffer. It wasn't something where they just wanted to kill them. They wanted to torture them. Have and you-, you, could, you could feel it in the room. You could just feel as it was playing out.
1: And did you ever think about, like, releasing, you know, that audio file?
2: You know, I have it and I really hadn't thought about releasing it. Um, We wrote about it in the magazine at the time and I kind of just archived it. But uh, one of these days, you know, the older that I get, I might have to put it out there.
1: Yeah, I I think you definitely cover a lot of these like really historic places. And I think that's like a, a niche of its own.
0: And people would definitely be interested in hearing stuff like that. Like I'm invested. I would love to hear it. So is there any, like, dream location or dream spot that you've always wanted to go and investigate, but it's not been possible for whatever reason? Like, what is that spot if there is one?
2: Amityville. Yeah. <laughs> I think you talk to nine out of ten investigators, that's what's going to be what, – what pops up um, is, is Amityville. And, uh, you know, I realize that there's a lot of controversy around that. But, uh, you know, if, if a tenth of it's true, it would be one of the most amazing places to go investigate
1: Yeah, that would be insane. So are you able to communicate, like say if someone is murdered, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but I think Shannon Tate was maybe pregnant when she got murdered. Are you able to um, communicate with like the children or hear the child, the unborn child?
2: We actually did have a baby cry during the, the recording, which I thought was interesting, sad and interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, usually what we find is that if a child passes and they're unable to speak for themselves, that there'll be a family member or a guide that will actually come through and talk for them.
1: Cool. Where could the people find your Facebook lives at?
2: Um, you can just check it out at, uh, you can go to our, our show. We have a, a web series called the ghost box chronicles and, uh, you can check it out there. Um, and, uh, you can also check it out, uh, box talk as well. That's our other one box talk with Mooney and D. Thank you so
1: much for coming on here and sharing like your stories and whatnot. They're absolutely insane. And I highly recommend as like a person who does social media and stuff, I highly recommend you get this stuff out there because it's so interesting. I would want to watch it. I know everyone yeah. listening to this podcast would definitely want to watch it. And there's a huge base of people that would love to hear these kind of stories that you have and get them out there, man.
2: Awesome. We'll do I'll do it.
1: Sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much again, Chris Moon. We appreciate you being on. You guys should go check him out. If you guys have your own scares that you want to submit, you can call them in at 626-275-8695 or you could email them to shareyourscarepod at gmail.com. That's what the UR, are. And maybe you'll possibly end up in the show. Chris, have a safe travels tomorrow and hopefully you guys get some really awesome spooky stuff. Thanks guys, appreciate it. Of course, it. thank you. Thank you. That's it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Out. Peace. Thanks for listening to SUS. Share Your Scare. Make sure to subscribe and check back every Wednesday for new episodes, and don't forget to tell your friends. Follow all of our social media links at shareyourscare.com. We're going to be doing tons of giveaways, but only for our most active fans. If you have a scare of your own that you want to share, leave us a voicemail. Our number is 626-275-8695. Or if you just want to shoot us an email, our email is shareyourscarepod at gmail.com. And that's spelled with a U-R. Until next Wednesday, stay sus. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah free no subscription no fees imagine 24 7 channels of narcos csi star trek survivor and everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy tv shows the latest news live sports comedy and more what are you waiting for download the free pluto tv app for android iphone roku and fire tv and start streaming now pluto tv drop in watch free